Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Welcome to Tuesday Techers. I know it's a cliche name. Uh, Investories podcast is all about adding value, all about adding those digestible bits of content and information. And we're super excited to bring you part two of this interview. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please reach out to us anytime you have any questions or just want to connect or say hi or say we're doing really well or hey, you could even say we're not doing well, but please don't do that. Uh, Investories podcast at gmail.com and investories pod on your socials and we look forward to hearing from you and uh without further ado here's part two gotcha and just out of sheer curiosity this is kind of a generic question but why short-term rentals why was that was that your goal all the way from the beginning and what was the purpose of that versus say long-term rentals um i I, was it just your business plan that sent you into the short-term space um it was my business plan um really uh I've always been a tech guy, and when I bought my house, I was familiar with Airbnb, and I was kind of like on the Airbnb train when it first came in, and um, it was not the Airbnb it's evolved into now, where it's way more professional and way less couches in somebody's living room, um, but I, I just like the idea of doing ourselves and democratizing who gets to run the short-term rentals, um, not even thinking about the long-term and things of investing. I was like, oh, this would be cool. That I didn't think very much further than that um, when I when I first started, but uh, backing into it, we then realized, oh man, this is really good cash flow, uh, and then we were enjoying that a while, really sinking our teeth into the business and figuring out how things work, and then we've got to the point where we're good at that, and we're now realizing, man, it's taking a lot of our time to do this, um, and we're scaling, and it's difficult to scale, and so uh, we're just busy cutting costs by creating systems and buying our time back. Um, in other ways by through automation or um, hiring things out. So in, in terms of learning that that piece, learning short-term rental, that first step, what did that look like? Did you take courses or just read or jump feet first in? Uh, I was a jump, jump feet first in kind of person, and that did not turn out well. Uh, I did it on my – so the timeline of this coincides with be, before I was married to my wife. And so we were just dating at the time and she was very hands off about me listing my Airbnb, um, even though she saw lots of things with the uh, wrong with the way I was listing it or the condition my property is when I listed it. Um, and I let it and I listed it and had first a guest come and I thought it was clean by my standards, but this guest did not believe it was clean. She was like, I can't believe this is what your place looks like. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm a new host. Um, what can I do to make it better? We'll refund your money. Can you give us like feedback? And then she she gave us like two pages worth of things that were wrong with the Airbnb. And I was like, oh, maybe this is a little harder than I thought. Um, and then that's where my wife, when we were dating, she's like, may I suggest a few things? And she was like, your walls are blank. You, you don't have any of this. You don't have any of that. Um, and all these things I just completely overlooked uh, just because I was focused on this was cool. This is an Airbnb. <laughs> I'm guessing she knows you enough to know that you need to learn the lesson first. Before she does, she does. Okay, she, yeah. Very Same. good. At that. <laughs> now you, so 
you're kind of a baptism by fire type of a guy that it sounds like. So this is a kind of figure it out as you go. Is that is that the way that you begun you you began with this whole journey? That is the way I began with Airbnb and learned quickly that uh, investing in your real estate education is a worthwhile venture. And I'm still learning that to this day. Um, so we started uh, following people on um, YouTube. Uh, guy we really like is uh, really like is he used to it used to be Airbnb automated, but his name's Sean Radkovich, I believe. Um, and he's uh, he talks all about he's an arbitrage guru and he's got a multi million dollar business out of Houston and he's uh, he he coaches people through it and gives a lot of great free content out there. But um, that following him really set our set off our uh, occupancy rates and uh, the daily rate we we're getting and just the overall professionalism of our business. Gotcha. And and what what kind of I guess this is not a space I'm in. I know you and John both are in this space, but it. I, this is just genuine curiosity because I'm a long-term rental guy. So one, I follow a lot of these different Facebook groups and Instagram you know, gurus on th- that do this type of stuff. And it's, it's interesting, especially when you get into the groups, they start talking about everything that goes wrong. You don't really hear too much about the wins. I don't know if people are a little bit self-conscious about bragging about wins or what it is. I like reading about wins. I learn a lot of things from when people do things successfully and when they do things wrong. But I hear a lot of people talking or just complaining essentially about things like I've got a difficult tenant. You know, they came in and they saw that, you know, there was a, a hair on the bathroom counter and now they want a full refund. Are these realistic things that somebody that hasn't gotten into sh- to short term rentals, is that common? Do you get a lot of people who give you that sort of trouble? Really, we don't. Um, it's very occasional. Um, but for those for those people who do complain and what you do here it's it's so much easier to be negative than it is to be positive um and so many people are addicted to just feeling negative all the time so they don't even need other people to be negative for them they're just going to pre-say all the negative things that's going on in their own lives uh and dump it and you know it's it's really about framing and so as a teacher of um high trauma population it was 99 percent free and reduced lunch um gang violence uh at at homes um we learned that the issue is usually not the issue. <laughs> um, so we just we look for what's beyond that. Um, again, approaching it from a service aspect, it's like we don't want the person to be that like that and things are going to go wrong. So if things are wrong, how do you approach it and how can you predict what they're going to need? So if you're if they feel like you're looking out for their needs, you can really do anything wrong as long as you say, Oh, that, I, this is where I was coming from, and this is what I was trying to do for you, and then you're really uh, above and beyond about going to fix it. I really like the the, the framing piece of it. Um, one thing I found with our Airbnb is, um, this is totally by accident. We're in a, a ski town, and people there are traditionally there to do stuff. They don't really hang around our place. It's a condo also, so it's not particularly like bring your family and hang out. <laughs> Um, And that's been really good because we've had less kind of what I'd say foot traffic through. Uh, The other thing is like positioning your place for for a better quality of guest. Right. So people that go to stay at your place are going to be happy with what they get because it's as described. But also they're not going (laughs) to tear it apart or knock things over or that kind of stuff. So that's been super interesting to, to kind of learn that. And I guess that's. Is there any, I think to Kyle's point, is there any kind of real horror stories or is it, has it been any, any sleepless nights or? So we've had so many more instances of our guests breaking things and then feeling so bad about it and like going above and beyond to replace them than we have had the <laughs> yeah. other way. So like, uh, 
I can think of like one instance where we had a party and it was a bachelorette party and it wasn't even that. It's just like on the doorbell camera, you could hear the music and our neighbors didn't say anything or whatever. Uh, and then there were like bachelorette party penis having um, paraphernalia all over the place, but that, that, that was it. <laughs> hey, we got a new word, John. We had penis on the show for penis the very paraphernalia. first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's really, uh, really the only horror story. Um, we, we get people who with difficult attitudes or different, difficult expectations. Um, I can say this because I'm an Asian male, but Asian females are really hard on Airbnbs almost universally. Uh, it doesn't matter how nice your Airbnb is. Uh, it's, it's going to get a four star or less, uh, if it's an Asian (laughs) female doing the judging. Um, but we laugh about all these ratings that are like great location, very clean, uh, such good value, and then they'll give a four overall. They people just don't understand uh, the rating system. <laughs> that yeah, that's one of the things we had to figure out, which is uh, five star. It is actually everything was as as I thought it would be. They need a six star, which is this place is amazing. <laughs> that's a good idea, really. Almost yeah. like a bonus, like a bonus star. Okay, well, you know? so if you go, if you slip to like a four star average, which you'd think would be pretty high or four and a half, you get, you know, you, you get, get down, down listed. Yeah. It's you like 4.3. You can be at risk of being delisted. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. So Why you not even have the other stars. Why not just a one star or another? Or, right? Yeah. <laughs> one exactly. or five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. And then everyone would put one. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, in, t- in terms of um, that kind of movement um, from, well, the short-term rental stuff and then the uh, investing in tiny homes, I'd, I'd love to get your take on then how you finance those, those things. So we've, we've gone through arbitrage and, and um, you know, set, set that up and it's going really well. Moving on to the tiny homes, was that an arbitrage deal as well? Uh, or was uh, they that were... self-financing? They were both arbitrage deals and they've turned into partnerships with the uh, tiny home builder. So we're still under a rental contract, but right now he's like, if it's not working, it's not working. We'll change it. I can move it. Um, He's just so happy the way we've uh, redecorated. So we already had it running as an Airbnb. We went after him and added all these things that he didn't think about, um, which is part of it. Sometimes you don't realize what people need until a hundred people have asked for the same thing. Um, or, and then, you know, his, his, his business was not hospitality, which is what Airbnb is. If you're not a hospitable person, don't feel like you're going to be successful in a hospitality business. Um, and that's where these people who are complaining all the time, I bet these people who are complaining all the time, complain about everything in all aspects of their life. Let, in addition to the Airbnb guests that they're complaining about. Um, so I'm really fascinated by the tiny home. Um, especially the community aspect. I think, yeah, we invest in Big Bear and I think a, a Big Bear tiny home community would be really cool. And especially for uh, for short-term rentals. What makes a good tiny home? Uh, what, what's kind of, what's a good uh, good listing for a tiny home? What makes a good short-term rental? Uh, for a tiny home, it, it needs to be cozy. And um, it's, a, it's a fine balance between feeling claustrophobic and then having space to do things um and so part of that is just putting just the right amount of stuff in it and then part of it is like what do you have for dual usage um and then who you market to so ours aren't super fancy uh they're not in a super fancy area so our daily rate is lower but just the novelty alone we get a a ton of people coming through and then as far as community goes 
um, our idea for the tiny home community development really came from our my mother-in-law who has an RV uh, lot at the lake and she bought it for $100,000 and it's got a clubhouse and a pool and everybody there is kind of in her age demographic and not and retired and not working and they kind of create their own community there and so she skipped thanksgiving with us like her actual family to be with these people and we're like huh that's weird let's think about that and it's because she feels like she belongs there those are her family day to day and she wanted to celebrate a holiday with them um and we're we're happy we missed her but we're happy that she feels like she belongs and um loneliness in general is the most deadly thing uh, that people face like it's the the numbers for loneliness it causes more deaths than alcoholism like suicide heart attack car crashes whatever loneliness is uh, a direct killer of people and so as former teachers we see our kids you know at school but we think about them at home we think about them when they're growing up we think about what they're gonna do as adults we think about what they're gonna do uh when when they're retired and people need community no matter what age of life you're in and so many people you know, deprive themselves of that. And so you, I, maybe I missed just a little bit of, of the community piece of this and, and what your, your business plan is. It sounds like you've got a, a tiny home community that you are arbitraging and essentially partners, partnering with somebody now, right? Uh, so we have two arbitrage units that we are Airbnb and that uh, partnership with the tiny home builder has led us to now we're pursuing a tiny home development. And so what John was saying earlier is my wife is a, board member of this uh, private Montessori-like school here in Alabama. Um, the school is on a tract of land that the family owns who runs the school. And um, because my wife is on the board, she, she knows what their uh, pain points are. But one of their pain points is bringing in revenue for the school. Another pain point is attracting good teachers because it's not in the center of the city or, you know, it's a little out there. It's, it's like 30 minutes outside the main part of the city. So it's um, inconvenient to live in. And so it's difficult to pay teachers more. And so there, we're looking for ways to, uh, increase amenities, uh, or, you know, desirability of the school for teachers. So we thought about tiny homes on campus, uh, residential, um, residentially for the teachers, and then having some of those be Airbnbs for guests to, uh, generate income for the school. And then having some of those be an, um, for seniors who are living, uh, because, this is our test bed. We do then want to go build a whole development of just build to rent, active living, tiny homes. Um, I love that business plan. I think that's a that's a wonderful idea. And we talk about creative stuff all the time. That that's very creative, especially you know you guys not being the owners of the lot, but seeing the potential for what that lot could provide for the owners, provide especially the school, which is a huge why. You know, sure. and you guys with your backgrounds as teachers, I I absolutely I love that idea. I think that's great. And in this community on school grounds, are you going to be able to do other types of amenities or just going to be exclusively just Airbnb short-term rentals? I think we're going to start with um, just the the tiny homes uh, and uh, not any amenities. But when we go out to build our whole community, which we've actually got a lot of uh, feedback from and a lot of interest uh, from capital partners all over the country, as soon as I t tell them this idea, uh, they, they're like, we would love to do that here. Um, but we... Ideally, we would like a clubhouse uh, where they could congregate and do things together because of their tiny home. They can't congregate in each other's house, but, you know, create a central place for them to meet, a third place, um, a, you know, raised gardens, um, 
to provide for uh, people something to do, pickleball courts, uh, a pool, um, and maybe two or three tiny homes that are in the development uh, for senior living for visiting family. Um, so people can come visit, visit their grandparents and then have a place to stay for themselves. I like it. it sounds, I kind of want to live there. It sounds good. <laughs> and we're really big about uh, mixed generation um, uh, communities. Uh, you know, being Asian, that's a, a common thing with us. And then uh, Americans are like, after a certain age, I'm never going to see my parents again. Or I see my parents twice a year. Or, <laughs> or I see my parents once a year, and then the rest of the time you're in a, you're in a home. And so, I'd, I'd love to see that change because I'm, I'm close with my parents and yet my dad lives 45 minutes away and my mom lives halfway across the country and it's like, I would just, and you're absolutely right, you know, I, I wish that that family unit would continue to stay closer, but it's almost like when the information age began, all of a sudden everybody wants to go everywhere, you know, and I'm a traveler, I like to travel too, but it's like, I, I want my home base to have everything that makes me feel comfortable and happy right next to me, but... I don't get that because everybody's gone and I think a lot of us face the exact same thing. So creating a community like that, I, I think that's a great idea. Thank you for listening to this episode of Investories podcast. And uh, as you can imagine, we're super stoked with that content, amazing strategies, amazing techniques um, that we've really been able to dig into. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing kind of the next phase of that, which is really all about uh, the case study kind of real world examples and how you can do the same. We're going to call it Wednesday Wins and we're going to tackle that on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.